Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for tuning into Americana Music Profiles. The next episode starts right now. You are tuned in to another edition of Americana Music Profiles, brought to you by Americana Rhythm Music Magazine and AmericanaMusicMagazine.com. I'm your host, Greg Tutwiler. Let's jump right in to the next exciting interview. Americana artist Charlsie Etheridge learned to sing harmony when she was a child around her grandmother's piano after church on Sundays, and she taught herself guitar chords from her mother's old Emmy Lou Harris songbook. Hailing from the foothills of the North Georgia Appalachian Mountains, Charlsie joins us on this edition of Americana Music Profiles to talk about her forthcoming album, Scars of Mine. Hi, Charlsie. Welcome to the podcast. Hi there. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for taking the time out of your schedule to chat with us today. I, You are in Nashville, right? Um, well, I'm back and forth. I kind of divide my time between Nashville and North Georgia and Dalton, Georgia, which is my uh, hometown. So I'm uh, kind of back and forth these days. Okay. All right. Cool. Um, so grew up in Georgia. When did the song bug, music bug hit you? Oh, goodness. Um, Well, gosh, you know, I I really don't remember a time when music was not uh, really just a central part of my life. Mm -hmm. Um, I've literally, I'm sitting here in my music room and uh, on my wall, I have a picture of me when I was probably about three and uh, I was in my grandfather's basement and I have a microphone and headphones on with a huge boombox behind me. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just kind of always been, been with me. Yeah. Wow. That's cool. Did I read that you actually wrote your first song when you were seven? (laughs) I did. I did. Um, it was called on the power line about my stepfather's hunting club (laughs) down in South Georgia. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I remember it very well, and don't ask me to sing it, though. Okay. <laughs> um, but uh, I wrote it. We would always ride around, you know, uh, looking for, you know, tracks uh, and, and putting out salt blocks uh, on, on his hunting property in an old Army Jeep. And uh, oh, cool. me and my mom were in the front, and I would sit right there in, in the back court, you know, in the middle. And I remember, uh, you know, the day that I wrote it, just as vivid as yesterday. Wow. Did, did yeah. you did you realize what you were doing? Was it more of a poetry, or were you intentionally writing music? Like, has it had it already sunk in for you at that point? 
Well, you know, it was, I think it was just a way to pass the time because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, riding through the, the woods looking for deer tracks wasn't something that I was terribly interested in <laughs> at that time. <laughs> but music was, you know, music was, like I said, was always there. And so I was always singing something. Yeah. And uh, so um, I just kind of, you know, was just kind of having fun. Was that part of your school growing up? Did you, did, were you in groups, church choirs? How, how did that play out for you in your younger years? So in my younger years, um, I definitely, you know, I grew up in a Southern Baptist church uh, right at um, the foot of Fort Mountain, which is a part of the Appalachian Mountain, mm-hmm. uh, you know, train. And uh, it was just a beautiful view of the mountains. And um, my grandparents, um, my, well, actually on my mom's side and my dad's side, they were, both of them had uh, church groups, you know, little mm-hmm. quartets that they would sing with. Mm-hmm. My grandmother on my mom's side uh, had a group called the Cool Springs Quartet, and they actually um, came to Nashville back, ooh, probably 60s, 70s, and recorded with Landy Gardner, uh, which mm. is pretty big in the Christian right, world. Sure. Um, and so they have three records that they recorded back in the day, and I have copies of, of those um, that are very dear to me, vinyls. And, um, so, you know, they were always singing and I grew up in the church around that. And naturally, you know, I started singing solos in church at a very young age as well. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we would all gather at my grandmother's after church. And so after lunch, we would sit around the piano and sing and my grandmother would teach me harmonies. She also, she always sang alto and tenor parts and, um, so she would teach me those. And uh, so that's where, you know, my kind of foundation is, is in that kind of Southern gospel uh, bluegrass roots yeah. um, there. And then from there in school, as soon as I was old enough to be in the chorus, um, I, you know, was a part of that. Um, I had my first uh, solo in uh, school when I was in third grade, and hmm. I remember that very well. I'm still friends with my third grade music teacher, and oh, cool. um, yeah, and so that just carried on through middle school, high school, and I, I did go to college for music. So, oh, okay. um, yeah, so that's just uh, again, it's just uh, always been, um, you know, uh, I, I've never been able to to kind of push it aside even though you know you sometimes think you know am i crazy for for doing this right yeah um but uh (laughs) something just doesn't feel right when when i'm I'm not um you know actively involved in music so so is there other things that you've done or that you do uh, outside of music other other professional endeavors so um well i moved to nashville straight out of college Mm mm-hmm Back in 2003, and um, of course at that time, you know, it was survival doing what I had to do to, you know, make sure to keep the lights on and and food in my belly. Uh (laughs) (laughs) So uh, for the first couple of years, I um, waited tables like Like everybody else there, yeah. (laughs) Like everybody else, that's exactly right. Um, and, uh, you know, that kind of worked pretty well. I was able to wait tables at night and I wrote during the day. Um, I just, that's all I did. I I jumped in and I, I, there was a a long time, you know, when I first, um, you know, like I said, you know, quote unquote wrote my first song. And then, you know, you, you 
grow up, I think middle school, high school, you get extremely self-conscious, uh-huh, right? Right. And you, um, I don't know, you shy away maybe from some of those artistic expressions a little bit. Sure. And uh, so, but when I moved to Nashville, I quickly realized, you know, the way to get my voice heard was to write. And um, so I kind of dove back in and, and really started getting back to the guitar as well. Um, and, um, so I was, so I was really kind of, um, honing that craft during the day. Um, I would just write and play and I had a little tape recorder, you know, because back in 2003, we didn't have iPhones, <laughs> That's right. Yep. you know? Yeah. And so I'd have a little tape recorder and I'd record myself, you know, and like, well, how does that sound? Okay. Well, that's, that's okay. But let's, you know, I, yeah. not, not, quite there yet and so I just I have all these tapes of you know me learning and and writing and back in those early days and so then I'd go wait tables at night and uh did that for a few years um and then I um started teaching private lessons music lessons to get out of the you know restaurant scene uh, because that was it was hard it's a hard it's a hard gig yeah um, so year two, three, I started teaching music lessons and pretty much I've done that on and off, um, for the past 20 years now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, um, and I still, um, you know, even have a few, uh, locally that, that I, I still teach. I just can't seem to, you know, completely shut that off. I do think it's important to give back, yeah. um, and uh, especially for those those children that really are excited um, about learning yeah. music or learning an instrument, and uh, so that always brings a smile to my face when, whenever um, you know I, I can share that. Sure, yeah, I bet. So the first solo album or the full length album, I think I read, was 2013. Was that your first project? Um, it was my first full-length project. Uh-huh. You know, I had done a, a few, like, songwriter EPs. Okay. Um, Dave, Dave Pomeroy, um, sure. bass player in Nashville, he produced one of those for me. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I did several of those through the years uh, for, you know, my original songs. But then um, I just kind of, one day, I just said, you know, I just want to really do a, an album that pays homage to my roots yeah. and in the songs that I grew up singing and um, a tribute to the, the people in my life that shared music with me, like right. my grandmother. Um, so some of those songs on there, like Filipino baby that we recorded, you know, I never heard the original version of that until after I had recorded it. So hmm. when I recorded it, I just did it off of memory of what my grandmother. Oh, sang to okay, me. neat. That's cool. Um, so um, yeah, and she would always sing to me. She was a great storyteller, mm. and so she would tell me stories about her youth and just sing me songs all the time. So, oh, that's so cool. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I, I um, really cherish those memories for sure. And that's what the the title of that record. Um, is memories of mine mm-hmm. so um, kind of appropriate um, for for that um, so those are just songs I grew up with um, that really um, you know are, are meaningful to me do you have a particular style format uh, rhythm of a system of some kind that you use when you write 
How, how does that happen for you? You know, I think it's um, there's no one set way mm-hmm. that that I do it. Um, you know, it's really great whenever um, you know lightning strikes you know sure. yeah. <laughs> and, you, and you feel this burst of information yeah. or or inspiration i should say not information the inspiration um but you know that those times are not always the, the case that's not always how right. how it happens um i will say the last song that i that i wrote <clears throat> a few months ago um we had been um on a trip to Maui, Hawaii. Um, I, I lived there for about a year and, uh, I was back helping, um, celebrate a friend's, uh, business, uh, their 50th anniversary. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I love the islands. They're very special to me, especially right now. They're going through oh, a yeah. lot of hardships. Oh, so it's really yeah. tragic. Um, but when we came back, you know, I just, walked I was walking my dog in, in my yard and we have these huge magnolia trees in our front yard and you know as beautiful as the islands are and as much as I do consider that one of my homes away from home I just looked over to these magnolia trees and I just smiled this biggest smile and uh this song uh, or title where the magnolias bloom mm kind of came to me and so I wrote this kind of song to my home um yeah. and like it, it's really nice to be able to travel um all over but you know there's really no uh my heart will always you know have this this home here where the magnolias bloom yeah that's and, cool and um yeah, so it's, it's something as simple as that you know mm-hmm. looking at a, a tree your nature um or sometimes I'll just sit down at you know the keyboard or with my guitar a lot of times it's just i sit down with my guitar and you know make sure i have some peace and quiet you know nobody you know wanting my attention no electronics on and i'll just start playing and sometimes words or um a melody usually usually the 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 hook or the idea title will come Mm -hmm. first more often for me Mm. and then i'll kind of build around that but sometimes it's not what I think it's going to be. <laughs> at first, at yeah. first, you know, you, you you hear this title or whatnot, but then you start writing it, and some, you know, songs have a life of their own. Yeah. And um, uh, I'm reading Mary Gaucher's uh, "Saved by a Song" book right now, and she talks about kind of following that that song down the rabbit hole, you know, mm-hmm. and you just have to kind of be willing to go where it goes and I'm like yeah that that's exactly right you know so uh <laughs> yeah. uh yeah yeah so new project on the way um scars of mine is that the right name it is scars yeah. of mine and when when i wrote that song i was not in any way shape or form thinking about my first album <laughs> that was memories of mine right um so next next album i don't think it's going to be anything of mine um <laughs> or maybe but, that's the name of your next album <laughs> right <laughs> I, I already have an idea for my next album but uh i don't want to give that away quite yet um but, uh, yeah, Scars of Mine. So I talked about my grandmother um, on my mother's side. Her name was Linda. And um, 
she grew up in South Georgia in Augusta, one of nine children, mm. and um, her father was a sharecropper and a bootlegger like a lot of people were back yep. in, in that time. Yep. And um, they uh, called him the general. And, um, you know, for, from her stories and um, more so from what I've heard from a lot of other people in the family over the years is, he, he was not a very nice man to be mm. around mm. Um, and uh, very cruel. And um, she would tell me about them kind of hiding out from the, the police and, you know, whatnot. And um, people hiding out in their house to spy on him. And I mean, just like really bizarre things. Mm. And, you know, when they would take it, he you know went to jail a few times. And um, a lot of her time. Looking back on it now, like I think a lot of her escape was she always played with these paper doll paper dolls by their creek, hmm. and uh, that was her kind of escape. Yeah, you know from from what she had to deal with, and uh, so I wrote this song thinking about her as a child and growing up, and thinking about the stories she told me. And just what kind of all that meant and mm. how that must have felt. Mm -hmm. And um, I will say this. she, um, Her her father did die in a house fire. The, the last verse of that Scars of Mine song, you know, uh, tells of, of that a, a little. And um, she did watch that house burn down knowing he was inside. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were unable to rescue him or, you know, nobody really knows how the fire started. Hmm. Um, um, so, you know, there's lots of suspicions, sure. right? But yeah. <laughs> um, but nobody knows. But so all that's a true story. Yeah, and uh, yeah, she went through a lot. She um, at 28, she had a nervous breakdown hmm. um, and uh, was able through the years to find ways to cope, you know, mentally and emotionally. Um, but uh she all there was always that kind of unrest mm -hmm. with her mm. and and you could tell that and i just think that's really tragic so hence scars of mine like you know some things just never go away yeah. you know yeah um so mm. she's no longer with us um but that that song is in her honor yeah yeah wow that's neat um Album comes out later in September. Is that right? So not, yes, so, September 29th. With the singles out. The single is out. Yes, "Scars of Mine." Uh, the single is out. Uh, we've also released "Rhythm of Love," um, another song on mm -hmm. the record, mm -hmm. and uh, we are getting ready um, this week, August 18th, uh, to release um, a song called "Doing Wrong Feel Right." So that'll mm. be the third release off of the album. Okay. What what is your goal with the music and and how do you plan to share it with your audience? Do you have do you, will you tour? Do you have uh, performances lined up? What does that look like? Yeah, we're we're working on uh, filling up the calendar. Um, so I, I'm working with the the good fellows over at CDX uh, Records mm -hmm. and um, working with them um, also with their uh, booking agency they have in house. And so, you know, I just really want to, um, you know, share it with the audiences that, um, you know, are, are willing to listen, basically. Do you have a f favorite 
um, platform that you like to share live? So my personal preference, I mean, I love listening rooms because, um, I mean, I think at the core, you know, I, I, I am a song or, you know, I love to write songs. And so I like to be in environments where people um, want to hear about mm-hmm. the stories yeah, behind sure. the songs, yeah. the, 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 the bar gigs, the loud, the cover gigs, I've done them. I've paid, I've definitely, you know, <laughs> put in my hours for those. Sure, yeah. Um, but my preference is uh, listening rooms yeah, okay. uh, listening audiences um small festival you know festival stages uh-huh. uh, i love that because i think you have some of those there that are really into you know what you're doing um so those are those are my preferences for sure what's the best way for your fan base to reach out connect with you how do you like to communicate with those folks yeah so i, I will say this i'm a little slow to hit the TikTok trend. Um, Maybe one day uh, (laughs) I'll get my stepdaughter to tell me how I need to do that. There's too many. um, There's too many choices. I I don't know how you. It's hard to be on all of them. I don't know how you pick the right ones. Well, I'm Instagram um, is an easy way. Um, Facebook. Uh, both of those platforms I'm on big very regularly, Mm -hmm. and I also have a website, CharlesEthridge.com. Um, so they can reach me there. Um, those are probably the three best ways. Uh, so email or sorry, website, uh, Facebook and Instagram, all Charles Etheridge. And the album will be available on the streaming download platforms. They'll be out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Be available everywhere. Um, all streaming platforms, um, September 29th. And it's scars of mine and, um, scars of mine. Thanks for taking the time to talk with us today. It was um, cool hearing your stories, and um, man, I, I really wish you well with it. I, I, I love that song. So I love much. the Americana feel um, that it has, and so I'm excited about Thank the rest you. of the album for you. I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of Americana Music Profiles. Find us on iTunes at Americana Music Profiles and on the Internet at AmericanaRhythm.com. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. 
That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 